Coming to you from the Outer Mission, this is Monkey Block, a storytelling podcast focused on San Francisco's golden past, 1849 through 1906. I'm your host, Girlina. The stories are closely based on newspapers of the time, historical books, and journals. Disclaimer, I do my best to research and share the real stories, extracting legends or calling them out. Now, let's go back in time. I'm a hobby historian and a very novice storyteller focused on the California Gold Rush and San Francisco history. While I could start the first episode with a discovery of gold along the American River, I actually want to start in San Francisco before the Gold Rush. There's a history worth telling prior to the Gold Rush, and some of those events and people shape San Francisco into what it is today. My first few episodes will set the context for the Gold Rush. Now, with most things history, it's the victor who usually writes history. But we also have people's need for attention, faulty memories, or biased eyewitness accounts, which get captured for posterity and eventually get accepted as the truth. When I do my research and decide which stories I want to share, I try to keep all of these perspectives in mind and eliminate the embellishments. Today's episode, how did San Francisco get its name? I'm born and raised in the immediate San Francisco area, and I've grown up hearing San Francisco was originally called Yerba Buena. But is that true? Let's start my research journey with San Francisco before the United States' official claim to the area. This is a quick and very high-level description of leading events to catch us up to the point where the story starts. We start in 1776, and California is currently under Spanish rule. The Spanish build the area's first village, which is actually a military outpost for the Spanish Empire. It's called El Presidio de San Francisco, and 200 soldiers, women, and children make this home. The Presidio de San Francisco is established to guard California's largest harbor, which is the San Francisco Bay. In parallel, Spain also builds the Mission San Francisco de Assis. The Presidio and the Mission are built using local and not-so-local indigenous labor. And that's mostly against their will. And there's a lot of history and perspective ripe for discussion in that sentence, but I will gently walk away from that one and move on. The Presidio and the Mission area have an appointed a call day, and that's from 1779 all the way through 1846, and that's like all California missions. You'll want to hold on to this point. An alcalde, for those that don't know, combines being a mayor with a municipal court judge or magistrate. A fun fact, Mission San Francisco de Assis is nicknamed Mission Dolores after a nearby creek, Arroyo de los Dolores, so both names reference the same mission. At its peak, which was 1820, the Mission San Francisco de Assis had 1,251 people living in the area. But by 1832, and this is for various reasons, the population was down to 200 and 
for people. The Presidio, the mission, and the surrounding structures, workshops, living quarters, for the priests, the laborers, the families, those were all falling into disrepair. Now we move to 1833. Mexico wins independence from Spain and renames the area Alta California. And this is a huge turning point for what happens now. Mexico disassembles the mission system. It's now a few years later. It's 1836 in Mexico's Alta, California. The mission system leaves a legacy of sorts on the population of California. A Californio is of Spanish-speaking descent, but that can also mean a person who is mestizo, a mixture of Spanish and indigenous descent. But either way, they are born in California. We still have the San Francisco district made up of the once functioning mission and associated buildings surrounding the area, which have fallen into disrepair. This area has now transformed into a loosely based Pueblo Mexican settlement town. Please note, there are still approximately 200 people living in this area surrounding the old mission, but it is in a very unestablished manner. Now, Hold on to this point as well. In what used to be sand dunes and empty lots, we now have a rapidly growing trade business developing just a few miles away along a better protected cove, better than the port at the Presidio. Enter Yerba Buena Cove. Mariano Vallejo and British Captain William Richardson see the value in developing this immediate area and create the Pueblo, or village, of Yerba Buena to formally establish this area, which is now serving the new port of San Francisco. Yerba Buena Village is just a few miles away from the San Francisco Village, the one by the old mission, and Yerba Buena is located in today's financial district. Yerba Buena Village is approximately nine blocks, and that's between current-day Sacramento and Washington Streets, and then from Stockton Street all the way to the Bayshore, which at the time, the Bayshore ran along the present-day Montgomery Street. So now think about that. The water's edge once came up to Montgomery Street, and had it not been for landfill, the Transamerica building could have been built right at the water's edge. Richardson builds his Casa Grande, which is the first house to be built in Yerba Buena. And the location of that house is at today's 823 Grant Street, which at that point was called DuPont Street. Yerba Buena Village quickly develops to support that trade business and establishes the area's first public square called La Plaza or La Plaza Grande. And the village is quickly being built surrounding this town square for the new port of San Francisco, which is serving the San Francisco Bay. Please note, I'm finding lots of references to the pre-existing name San Francisco for the area before this creation of Yerba Buena Village, which is including maps predating 1836 and the creation of Yerba Buena Village. The area's first 4th of July is celebrated at La Plaza in 1837. Now, Who would celebrate the 4th of July? So I'm about to read a very telling statement indicative of the time that was printed in the morning call July 5th, 
in 1890. And it's a historical account taken from a person who was at Yerba Buena's first 4th of July celebration, 1836. Advance warning. The simple-minded Indians and the lower-class white people who had not been invited gathered around and enjoyed the scene, frequently exclaiming, Que bueno son los americanos, which, by the way, was incorrectly translated in the newspaper, so I'll just correctly translate that for you. How great the Americans are! Is this account embellishment or a biased eyewitness account? As I'm finding in my research, what a newspaper prints and captures for posterity needs to be interpreted carefully, especially where race and ethnicity are concerned. Simple-minded Indians and lower-class white people who seem to speak Spanish. The important part of this statement is that we hear a shift in the social dynamics and the Americans' sense of ownership of Yerba Buena. It's still not a part of the United States, please keep that in mind, but the Americans view the indigenous and the Californios similarly on the social ladder. The Americans do not view the Californios with the same status the Californios see themselves to have in relation to the indigenous. So to recap where we are right now, the San Francisco district, as it was commonly called, includes an informal pueblo by the old mission area and a more formal village at the Yerba Buena Cove. Side note, the entire area is still being run under Mexican law. Okay, so the history lesson is done. And The year is now 1846, and we are finally caught up to the point where today's episode's topic finally begins. We have the Mexican-American War in Progress, and the United States has had a strong interest in 525,000 square miles above Mexico. And guess what? That includes Alta California. Yerba Buena, that coastal village, now has 200 residents which is 50 families, and by the most conservative account, there are 50 structures, which are shanties, adobes, and frame houses. Yerba Buena is thriving, and the mission settlement area has faded to just a few families. We have emigrating U.S. citizens and Germans and Irish that are living, working, and trading along this now bustling coastline. Yerba Buena Village supports the San Francisco Bay for importing sugar from the Sandwich Islands which we now call Hawaii, and the exporting hides and tallow for incoming ships from Boston. United States citizens tend to live in Yerba Buena Village, clearly, if they're celebrating the 4th of July. The remaining Californios tend to live in San Francisco Village, but we do have a few prominent Californios living in Yerba Buena Village. Okay, we're still in 1846, and it's July 7th. We have Commander John B. Montgomery of the USS Portsmouth arriving in Yerba Buena Cove. They land right at the water's edge, and that's at what is now Montgomery and Clay Street. On that same day, down in Monterey, California, we have the USS Savannah and John D. Sloat arriving. So... Two U.S. military ships simultaneously arrive in both of Alta California's major ports on the same day. Something is clearly up. 
So using my best proclamation voice, let's hear a portion of what John D. Sloat had to say that day. I declare to the inhabitants of California, although I come in arms with a powerful force, I do not come among them as an enemy to California. On the contrary, I come as their best friend. As henceforward, California will be a portion of the United States, and its peaceable inhabitants will enjoy the same rights and privileges they now enjoy, together with the privilege of choosing their own magistrates and other officers for the administration of justice amongst themselves, and the same protection will be extended to them as to any other state in the Union. The state of war currently exists between the United States and Mexico, but not with the people of California. He's declaring America's intention to occupy California as part of the United States. And as history tells us, so much of what he said did not come to fruition for the Californios. Two days later, July 9th, 70 Marines and soldiers row to the Bayshore and march into Yerba Buena village for what becomes the Battle of Yerba Buena. Hold on to that fact. The Mexican flag had been removed a few days prior in preparation for the Americans' arrival, so despite the more dramatic accounts of the Mexican flag being torn down, the flagpole was actually empty when they raised the American flag in La Plaza Grande, which the Americans now rename Portsmouth Square and declare this land to be a part of the United States. But it wasn't much of a takeover. The Californios, they already saw themselves as separate from Mexico, and they've cultivated what they thought was a growing prosperous business relationship and friendship with the Americans in Yerba Buena Village for years. I mean, that's what John B. Slope proclaimed on July 7th. We were best friends, right? Second Lieutenant Henry B. Watson, who was on the USS Portsmouth, wrote about that day. The Marines, in full uniform, and the sailors, in their Sunday mustering clothes, they made an imposing appearance. We displayed the flag and pounded with drumbeat and fife, playing Yankee Doodle to the public square in the Yerba Buena, where the proclamation was read. At the end of that same month, more Americans arrive in Yerba Buena on the ship Brooklyn. We have Sam Brannan, who's bringing 230 Mormons seeking religious freedom. In one month, Yerba Buena Village goes from 200 to over 400 people living in a nine-block area. So the Americans are quickly making a presence. Back to the USS Portsmouth, we have Lieutenant Washington Allen Bartlett. Now, this episode is about how San Francisco got its name, and I did say this is where the story for the episode really begins. So, Bartlett is fluent in Spanish, and he's knowledgeable in legal and naval matters. So, a month after raising the United States flag in Yerba Buena Village, Bartlett, being an obvious candidate, is asked to temporarily represent the military government as a call day of the area. A month later, in September 1846, a proper election is held in Yerba Buena Village. 96 ballots are cast on that day. 
in the first United States municipal election held for the San Francisco district, and Bartlett becomes the first appointed United States citizen to serve as an alcalde for both Yerba Buena and San Francisco villages. A Monterey newspaper, The Californian, in volume one, number seven, publishes a story about this account. This was published all the way down in Monterey because there were no newspapers being published in San Francisco district just yet. Once again, insert my best proclamation voice. Election, San Francisco district held at Yerba Buena. September 15, 1846, for municipal officers. All the voters of the district assembled at Yerba Buena, agreeable to proclamation, W.A. Bartlett, Esquire, as a calde under John B. Montgomery. So it's worth noting a paper of the time acknowledged Yerba Buena, where the election was held, for San Francisco district. But what about the naming of San Francisco? Here we go. We are still in 1846. December of that year, Yerba Buena and what is now known as Benicia are in a lively contest to rename their growing towns. Now, remember Mariano Vallejo? The Californios have lost their influence, and for various reasons, Mariano has to sell part of his Soskal ranch, which is near Carquina Straits which he sells for $500 in gold coins. Mariano Vallejo asks the new owner, Dr. Robert Semple, to name the town that he plans to create as the city of Francisca after his wife, Francisca Benicia Carillo. That's what Semple intended to do. But Acalde Bartlett wants to synchronize the names of the villages and officially rename Yerba Buena with the very similar name, San Francisco, to put an end to an ongoing confusion between Yerba Buena Village and San Francisco Village. But City of Francisca and San Francisco sound very similar. If you recall, in 1836, it was Mariano Vallejo who had once had great influence in California and helped to create Yerba Buena, a non-attributable account from the time wrote, This name, Yerba Buena, clung so tenaciously to the locality that Lieutenant Washington Bartlett had to publish a proclamation ordering a reversion to the original name of San Francisco. Original name. From the research I did, the naming of Yerba Buena Village was mostly used locally, but the more widely used name for the area was, since Spanish occupation, San Francisco. People were using San Francisco and Yerba Buena interchangeably, creating confusion, especially as Yerba Buena Village became a more prosperous and populated village. We have the San Francisco Bay, the San Francisco Presidio, and the Mission San Francisco de Assis. The only area that was not named San Francisco was Yerba Buena Village. Bartlett was aware of an official map which depicted Yerba Buena as San Francisco, and Bartlett wrote, An ordinance, whereas the local name of Yerba Buena, as applied to the settlement or town of San Francisco, is unknown beyond the district, and has been applied 
from the local name of the cove on which the town is built. Therefore, to prevent confusion and mistake in public documents, and that the town may have the advantage of the name given on the public map, it is hereby ordained that the name of San Francisco shall hereafter be used in all official communications and public documents or records appertaining to the town. Washington, Bartlett, Chief Magistrate, January 30th, 1847. So the city of Francisca isn't going to work. So Semple uses Francisca Benicia Cabrillo's second name for the new city, Benicia. You recall Dr. Robert Semple? He spoke to the Monterey, California newspaper, volume two, number five, June 19th, 1847. The place continued to be known by everyone in California as the town of Yerba Buena. The public records were kept in that name. The lots were granted by the alcalde in the Pueblo de Yerba Buena, and even the deeds which are now given to citizens are for lots in the town of Yerba Buena. No one ever dreamed of changing the actual name until I handed in my deeds to be recorded for the present site of Benicia City with the name of the City of Francisca. The alcalde's eyes were opened at once, and he just recollected for the first time that he had in former years seen an old map with the name of San Francisco marked on it at a point which nearly corresponded with this place, and the next day issued an order that the town of Yerba Buena be hereafter called San Francisco, and the people quietly submit to pay for lots and get their deeds for them in a town which does not exist. If this place is San Francisco, where is Yerba Buena? Why does the alcalde still make titles to lots in Yerba Buena? Robert Semple was conveniently confused by the local use of Yerba Buena for a village in the San Francisco district, but I doubt Mariano Vallejo was confused. After all, it was 13 years prior that he had helped create the Yerba Buena village in the district of San Francisco. This Monterey newspaper, The Californian, which two years prior ran an article with the headline regarding San Francisco district election held in Yerba Buena? Well, this same Robert Semple was one of the two publishers of that Monterey newspaper, The Californians, and he didn't know. The story ends April 15, 1850. San Francisco is formally chartered as California's first city and county government, the city and county of San Francisco. So my prior research, my understanding was that San Francisco was originally named Yerba Buena, isn't really correct. And I'm seeing just how United States-centric that statement is. A part of what we now call San Francisco used to be called Yerba Buena Village, and was renamed San Francisco. Now that's true. Yerba Buena Village, at the time a United States flag was placed in the area, was the only functioning settlement town with a public square and a collection of businesses and building structures. But also true is 60 years before creating Yerba Buena Village, there was a history of the Spanish-built military fort, El Presidio de San Francisco, with the accompanying Mission San Francisco de Assis and the San Francisco Bay show up on maps. Recall that Mexico had an appointed alcalde from 1776 through 1846, which includes Yerba Buena's establishment in 1836. 
Actually, the, the earliest San Francisco map reference that I found is a French map from 1657 showing California as an island, and it shows Punto de Francisco. Prior to 1836, the only mention of Yerba Buena that I found is the cove. How did history evolve into saying San Francisco was originally called Yerba Buena when the Presidio and the mission existed before? Was San Francisco originally named Yerba Buena? Or was a settlement town originally called Yerba Buena and was renamed San Francisco to match the surrounding area? With most things history, it's the victor who writes history. But we also have people's need for attention, faulty memories, or biased eyewitness accounts, which get captured for posterity and eventually get accepted as the truth. Thank you for listening. This is Monkey Block. <laughs>